Welcome back to Gaming with Gage, your podcast for role-playing games and the periphery. Thanks for being here for the launch of Season 2. We're kicking off the new season with a wonderful conversation with Kyle Classet of Bombarded, an all-barred 5e D&D actual play podcast. It's a really cool show where members of the band Linby create a new song every episode that's inspired by the adventure. And Kyle and I really digged into how Bombarda got started and why this band decided to create this podcast. It's so much fun. We've got a lot of other fun stuff lined up for season two. So keep in touch with us on our website, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and discord. Please subscribe, rate and review the show on iTunes and Android. It recently came to my attention that we were not in the Google play store that has been fixed. If you ever want to reach out to us with requests like that, please feel free. Now let's jump into Season 2, Episode 1, with Kyle Classen. So you are, for everyone at home who doesn't know you already, uh, you are the Dungeon Master, or as I, I would say Game yeah. Master, but Dungeon Master of Bombarded, which is an all-barred D&D 5E AP. Mm-hmm. I think I used enough acronyms yeah, yeah. there. Yeah, acronomious. <laughs> which... Yeah, and you are also the basis for Linby, which is the band that is also the cast yeah. of Bombarded. Yeah, so I I get to have uh, probably the most, I don't want to say most important role in the podcast, but I mean, DMing, you know, doesn't really happen without a DM or GM. And then, you know, the I have the role in the band that nobody ever really thinks about, which is fine by me. I'm okay with that. It's preferred. So was this like, when you guys were talking about doing Bombarded, where you're like, and this will be my opportunity to be front and center? Uh, no, I think, I think me being the dungeon, ma- uh, dungeon Master, Dungeon Maestro, whichever you want to go with, uh, that was born of me being the only person with um, experience playing the game. I mean, I think, I think Allie had played maybe once or twice before that, and not, but not a lot, and maybe Spurrier had played once. But it's like they really hadn't played D&D before I sat them down and said, here, here's some dice and some paper. We're going to do this. So it's the first time that ever happened. We were actually doing like a Lindby lock-in where we stayed over at Spurrier's parents' house while they were on vacation. And we just locked ourselves in for a weekend and, you know, wrote songs, played some Dungeons and Dragons and played a lot more Rocket League than we probably should have. But that was a good time nonetheless. And that's kind of what introduced we we were playing 3.5 right off the bat because that's what i was familiar with i knew 5e came out and there was a long time where i didn't play D and uh, which were unfortunate times for me but uh I, I skipped over 4e altogether which some may say that's a good thing some may say that's a bad thing i don't know and i don't think that argument needs to be brought up yeah i also uh skipped over 4e um and yeah every game has its merits and flaws we don't like you said the 4e yeah, conversation you know my thing is also it's more of like at this point it's it's the 4e and the 5e thing doesn't make sense to me because you know everyone who was upset about fourth edition has fifth edition and everyone who wanted fourth edition yeah. it still exists <laughs> yeah you can go and do that it you know fourth edition just from what i saw seemed really really dependent on uh you know miniatures and layout and everything and i had probably skipping ahead a little bit, but I had actually tried a little bit of Warhammer and um, I had purchased the miniatures and, you know, glued them together, my fingers more often than the actual miniatures, but, uh, and tried playing with some friends and it, it, it had its moments, but at the same time, I, it wasn't, a, it didn't grasp me as much as, you know, a role-playing tabletop in comparison to like the war aspect of it. And I'm sure, you know, again, I don't have any experience with 4E, so I'm really kind of just 
talking out the rear, but um, but yeah. So I mean, like you know, I'm sure there were the role playing aspects, but it sounded like it was really combat driven and just really relied on on that kind of system. So which is great. I mean, I I, I like I like killing things in Dungeons and Dragons and getting into interesting uh, fights and things like that. But I also enjoy, you know, developing the character and a little bit more political intrigue sometimes or, you know, solving a mystery. It doesn't all have to be, uh, you know, sword and board. I I do sometimes occasionally I am prepared and have like a list of like topics and stuff. And so I did, I did want to know about how, like why you guys decided to do this Mm because it's such a cool concept. I think, it, it's the kind of thing that I think everyone has always joked around with. Like, let's do an all bard party. You guys did that, but you're actually a band. You guys actually play music. Yeah. And you guys like decided to record it and put it out there. Like what? Like, and now hearing you say that you were the only one who really had experience with D and D before it was like, did you guys just have a lot of free time? Like what was the decision making? Like, mm-hmm. well, what had happened is, uh, it, it was okay. So it would, it had been about a year since that Lindby lock-in that I had mentioned before we got back into playing D and D. And in between that time, I, you know, I, I picked up the five E book and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so much more streamlined. I don't have to um, belabor them with, you know, skill points and all this math and everything. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to switch over to this. It'll probably be easier for them to, you know, wrap their head around and play. So we were we were all playing, and you know we had a buddy uh, Nolan with us, and we were playing with uh, Spurrier's wife and Goodrich's wife and everyone. And Spurrier had actually started; he was the only one playing a bard at the time, and he <laughs> brought like a little finger piano, which Goodrich had brought back from Hawaii. Um, so he was using that to you know just like play little things off the cuff when he was casting spells. And then you know we just started talking. We were like, oh, you know, like this is something we could do. We had always talked about finding a shtick as a band. And we weren't sure exactly what we could do because as Lindby, we we play whatever we really want to. I mean, we've done shows that are, you know, we've gotten we've gotten placed in like shows we do not fit in at all, which is okay. That's you know, that's a fine time. We still have, you know, a fun fun performing those shows. But you know, we've done like our normal shows, we've done shows where we just do straight covers of uh of specific bands. Like there was one year we did an event where we covered all David Bowie or CCR. And we've we've done nerdcore shows uh, where we played. We actually did one with uh, Brental Floss in Arlington uh, a couple of years back. But um, but yeah, I mean, you know, so we've kind of just jump around, and we really don't uh, we really don't sit in one actual genre. And so we were like, well, how do we get people to listen to us, or how do we, you know, what's what's going to really set us apart as a band? And then we started talking about it. While playing D anD D, we're like, "Oh, well, we <laughs> could do an all bard group." And at first, my my first thought was, "Well, that's going to be awful because everyone hates bards." Um, that much to my chagrin, or actually, no, I don't even think it's chagrin, but uh, I, much to my pleasure, I was wrong. Uh, that we have seen such a great response to it, but um, but yeah, no, it just it kind of developed, uh, you know, as a joke at first, you know, like everyone does, like you mentioned, and then we we're like. Well, what if, what if we actually did this? And I started, you know, the wheels started turning, and I was getting back into writing and doing things like that so that I could produce what we were actually playing. Uh, but, but, but then once we started talking about proof of concept and things we could do and how we could approach it, you know, uh, Spurrier had purchased eight-sided dice with the chords on them, and that, you know, we had those for a whole year before we even recorded an episode of Bombarded because we were talking about just using those to write songs for ourselves. 
it, kind of a very aleatoric aspect, you know, considering we're all, we're all, I mean, Spurrier Goodrich and I really like to talk music theory. And of course, you know, I, I have the pleasure of having uh, those two people in my life that enjoy doing that, considering everyone else kind of shuns me or is like, no, I don't want to talk to that guy about music theory or anyone. But, um, but the fact that he had those, and I'm sure that's one of those people, people think they want that conversation in the beginning, right? People start talking like, oh, music. Yeah. Exactly. You don't want to run into a theorist in a dark alley kind of thing. Um, yeah. So, but you know, we, it was, it was kind of just joking around at first and then we were like, well, you know, we could actually do that. We were all listening to the adventure zone, which is a huge influence. And I had start started picking up a couple different, uh, D and D podcasts like, um, uh, sneak attack is a fantastic one and i know they're getting they're getting close to by actually by the time i think this may come out they've probably wrapped up their their official campaign uh i had listened to a few critical role that is that is an undertaking listening to those for me not because it, it's just because i have a hard time keeping focused that long but i love what matt mercer and his whole crew does yeah, they're fantastic my older brother who actually got me into D D is uh has been really hammering that with me like yeah you should watch this and check out what they're doing it's fantastic and i've really tried to keep up but um but yeah no and then as we as we went along we were just like okay well i i started building the world and i was like okay so what can i do what you know we were just thinking about centering it around like fort worth like the dallas fort worth area where we're from and I was focusing on that. So, you know, there's there's references to the DFW area, like just embedded within Bombarded. But then I was like, well, you know, let's make this a little bit, not just, you know, a little bit more accessible, I guess. I didn't want to exclude anybody just because they don't live in our area. So, uh, but then as I started building the world, we started talking about how we could do it and how we could, uh, you know, of course, the first thing that we thought of was, we of course whenever you perform a spell, you have to think of a song that you can parody in a way to represent that spell. So that was the first thing. And then we talked about, well, you know, we should we should like write a song every episode. And then when that came up, I was like, oh man, that's that's going to be tough writing a scenario where there's going to be it's going to merit writing a song every episode. Well, luckily, um, my bards are very easy to work with, <laughs> and it's uh, it's provided its own opportunities at times. And sometimes, you know, there's I think there's been instances. Oh, I don't think I know. There's been instances where they're just like, no, we're not going to do that. We'll we'll go do this song later, which is totally fine. I give them an opportunity. If they take it, they take it. If they don't, they they will find a way to play a song, which I'm totally cool with, uh, just as long as the song gets in there. But um, but yeah, and then once once we figured that out, and we're like, OK, so we have we kind of have the grand design in a way of what we could do. Let's start figuring this out. And, you know, it really took a couple had, you know, most people just have the one zero session. I think we did four zero sessions of character planning, proof of concept, uh, you know, just really like we did a, a simulation of a battle just to really like see how it felt, you know, just to really kind of, you know, grind that out. But, um, but yeah, and then after, I think it was after maybe a, nine months to a year of planning that we finally sat down and we were like, all right, we're, we're doing episode one. Let's see what happens. That's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's, it, the show has an episodic feel to it. Like there's a, there's a bigger story, but like the song really does bring it together. Like, I'm glad that idea got discussed and kept it in. Um, it kind of reminds me of like, sorry, it's probably a weird comparison, but if you ever watched captain planet, um, uh, but yeah, it's like so they all use their individual abilities, just like the kids with their individual rings, and then they come together, and it's like 
just like when you're watching an episode of Captain Planet, you know Captain Planet's going to come out by the end. <laughs> but for them, it's this this song, this collaborative process, and it's it's so much fun. How long do you guys actually spend writing them? Oh man, it's it has taken uh, in between like thirty forty five minutes to uh, three hours or so. Sometimes it really just depends wow. on what the what the content of the song is going to be. Um, you know, sometimes like I mean, in, sometimes it's heavier on the actual music creation side and sometimes it's heavier on the lyrics side it yeah it really just varies but yeah in that in that realm of about like 30 minutes to a, to three hours depending that's so we really like to put the time into it if needed which is one of the things that we've been thinking about and i don't know if uh i don't know if i should say this but i'm going <laughs> to uh it's one of the things that we've been worried about like you know if we ever want to try to do a live show it's like well how are we going to tackle that like how would we how would we approach that whole scenario? Because you know we don't want to make people just sit around and watch us like write a song <laughs> for two hours if that's going to be how long it takes. But I don't know. Maybe people want to watch that and see you know how the sausage is made. Even though I don't think so. And honestly, during that process, I actually the only thing I do is I come in at the end and I put in a baseline because I don't I don't want to I don't really play a part in adding to the song other than that because if i'm playing an npc i want to be unbiased about it i don't want to be like oh well i added this and i really like this part so my npc really likes it no i mean like in in the second episode uh no it was yeah wait no it was the second episode where they play the traveling song and wesley's asking them like oh yeah maybe we can write a song about us traveling there and you can throw my name in and they pretty much just talk about Silk Grove and then they put his name at the end and Wesley's like, that's no. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's the only time I think I've had an NPC so far that didn't really care for the song. They, I mean, they, they do a good job writing up what they write up. So I haven't had anybody not like it yet, but I'm sure that time will come. It's so, yeah, it's, it's just, as someone who plays games, it's so hard to keep everything focused and going in the same direction. Even when you like all are there for the same reason, like last season uh, for for this show, I had my wife and we just did a little person to person actual play just for half an hour kind of, or actually I think it ran an hour. But it was kind of like an introduction for new people uh, into role playing and just kind of show them how it works. So she knew what we were doing. We were all on the same page. And it's still I think I, we, we went all over the place. And so you guys have to deal with the normal stuff. And then you have to deal with the writing music as well. So it's just insane to me. It just. It, it seems like such a headache, but it like the product is amazing when you guys are done. Oh, well, thank you. Like, it's definitely worth it. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, you know, it's a, it's definitely a process for sure. And, you know, I, I really don't want to ever get into the feel of being on rails just cause I, I that's, that's not me as a D and D player or DM. I really try to give them options and ways to tackle things and not say like, I mean, granted, there are definite cues that I put out for songs, you know, like it's like a, kind of like a, you know, wink and a nudge sort of thing. But, you know, in again, in the second episode or the first episode, actually, where they made the decision to go with Wesley and see what he's doing. I leaned into that heavily. That's where I, I had planned for them to do. But they could have done whatever, like, you know, they could have sought out and go to Sundance and find, you know, Mage Against the Machine to see if that guy, whoever runs that shop could have helped them. Luckily, they didn't do that because I didn't plan anything. I was going to just kind of do what I needed to if they decided to go that route. So, you know, it's kind of, I, I definitely don't want to put things on rails and I, 
And I worry sometimes it may feel that way, but at the same time, like, you know, giving them that freedom is important to me because I want them, their decisions to influence the world uh, as it grows and develops throughout this process. And that's just, I think that's just part of, uh, that, that's just part of D&D to me. Yeah, you definitely also have the, uh, the, the GM sigh is perfect. It's just like, <laughs> like, oh, so instead of talking to this NPC, you want to roll a random percentile chance to transform into another creature to steal from them. <sighs> oh, <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, it, it's always fantastic when I, you know, not knowing what to expect. Uh, my, uh, my notes for shows, my notes for some of the episodes, I'm just like, okay, and this will happen. Hopefully, I pray to God that the, they will do this or they will, you know, at least maybe ask about this. And, you know, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. You can't win them all, but D&D is not about winning. So I guess I'm lucky there. So how did you get into gaming in general, though? Like, were, you start as a kid or because you said you fell out for a couple of years, but. Yeah, um, my older brother introduced it to me when he moved back from Oregon and uh, he uh, he had been playing for a long time with his friends up there, and I was 14. And I remember the uh, the dungeon that he put me through, and it wasn't actually even a dungeon; it was just a cave system. It was a typical, you know, oh, like go, you know, recover this thing for me. And you went through this cave system, and the first thing you come into is a room with a large hole in the middle of it, and there's just a large gust of wind coming up. And you know, it's one of those things. I was like, okay, well, let me try to throw something down. And he's like, all right, it flies back up and lands on the side like I threw a coin or something. But I went through the rest of that cave and, you know, bought whatever was in there. And eventually it, I, I made a decision that started a, an explosion that was causing the cave to collapse. And it was like, okay, well, there's, you know, you're in the lower level of this cave. And you notice that there's a, there's a hole and there's a large gust of wind. <laughs> and so luckily, I put two and two together and didn't die and just was shot up to the beginning room using that. So I've actually used that in a couple instances with new players that I've had uh, at like in a comic book shop and other, other situations in the past. Um, I, haven't, I haven't used it in Bombarded yet, and I don't think I will just because, uh, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. But it, it, it really just stuck with me, like the, the whole scenery, because like eventually like the explosion came out of the end of the cave and I wound up jumping out and uh, I, I had to make a roll where I threw a grappling hook back to catch the edge of this cave because I had to scale a cliff to get up to it. Um, and luckily I made the roll, broke my arm in the process and uh, limped back, well, limped, limped my way back to, uh, to town to, you know, deliver the item that I had recovered. But yeah, it was my older brother, you know, brought me into it and I played a few times with him and then... Once I got into high school, I met some friends in choir that uh, that really got into it. A friend of mine, Devin, invited me over to his place, and uh, that's when I got introduced into uh, the Star Wars role-playing game, which was a lot of fun. My first character for that was a was a Bothan scout, and then I multiclassed into Warrior because I was hanging out with a Wookiee, and I was like, well, he's a big furry guy. I got the furry thing down, so maybe I can be a strong <laughs> furry guy too. And I was just a ridiculous little like scout who carried around a weapon that was way too big for me with, a, I guess it was like an infor- inferiority complex. <laughs> <laughs> and then you were just hooked. Oh, yeah. No, after that, I was hooked. I mean, we went, we went from playing uh, Star Wars. We you know, played D&D, and Star Wars was the first... Uh, that was actually the first campaign I ever finished, um, which wound up with one of our people actually turning on us to be, you know, swayed over to the dark side. 
and he wound up being the big bad at the end, which was really cool. It, it played out really well, and I know that kind of sometimes I feel like people think of that as like, oh, that's kind of cliche, but I, the way the DM handled it at that point, you know, it was really well done and very, very satisfactory. So, but, you know, we dipped around from that. I got to play a little bit of, you know, this is all throughout the, you know, my four years in high school playing some of that. I got to play a little bit of Vampire the Masquerade, uh, which was a lot of fun. I got to play some D20 Modern. Um, I only played Pathfinder once, which I really wanted to get back into that just because I, I dug on the idea. Wait, no, I'm thinking of Eberron. Yes, Eberron. Eberron is the monster. Yeah, because I really dug on the Warforged in that. Not really. That really bought me into that. Um, what else did we play? I think that might be pretty much all of it. But that was that was pretty much well, throughout throughout high school. Was just you know playing with some friends from choir and in theater and you know which was a great group to play with because everyone was you know we did musical theater and stuff and everyone <laughs> wanted to perform and you know play their characters so we really got into it. But uh, but yeah no and then after. After I left high school, it was I maybe played a little bit for like a year, but then after that, it's that's that's when I kind of dipped out. For you know, friends grew apart, and I didn't really know people who played, and never really thought to sought out seek out other ones. Of course, that's also when I had started trying to you know being in a band, not Lindby, but the the band in my high school band. So there were, there were different reasons, you know. I gained different interests and everything, you know, learning learning bass as a side thing and. Uh, it kind of took away from playing D&D, which was fine. You know, it wasn't like, uh, oh, I'm done with that. That's a nerdy thing. I still enjoyed the idea of it and reading all the content and everything. I just, you know, stopped playing for a while. It is hard once you fall out to to get back in. Um, it's really, yeah, yeah the, the, the gaps are, are rough. So we're almost out of time. I have two last questions for you, okay? So yeah. first of all, like you guys, I feel like you guys hit, the world like and, and came out and you guys rushed you on very high on the charts that's actually how i was lucky enough to find you guys because i i didn't know about you guys and then i needed the new ap and uh and found you guys and loved it and you you know you're, you're doing this band you're trying to do this you were like oh this will be something to help us stand out and stuff like that so on this ride with bombarded what's been the biggest surprise for you Oh, uh, well, the fan art. Yeah. The fan art has been crazy awesome. We've actually gotten some fan fiction in recently, too, which, you know, it's just that how how attached people have come. I think that's really what has surprised me is that the response we've gotten has been so overwhelmingly positive. And I'm just I'm, you know, over the moon about it because I just I never thought something that I would be a part of would would take off so well and not 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 saying that as a deprecational thing but just because you know I I was just like well we're gonna have fun doing this this will be a fun project and you know much like being in Linby I'm not going to I'm not going to expect anything I'm just going to enjoy it for what it is and I'm still that's still the my motto really is just enjoying it for what it is but now there you know it is it is, is a little nerve-wracking knowing that uh you know the amount of people that are listening are listening because I'm just like you know, okay, all right, just calm down. Is this going to be all right? Yeah, this will be fine. You you would have done this anyway, so just go ahead and do this. It'll what happens will happen. So, I think I think just the overwhelming response and positivity that we've received from people, um, the the cool people that I've gotten to meet on Twitter and everything. You know, the community in general uh, on Twitter. I have I have abandoned Facebook. I 
I won't say anything <laughs> else about that, but I pretty much don't get on there, and I think my family's not too happy about it. But, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think as as far as the audience goes, I think as long as you keep Yashi around, you'll be okay with the audience. Just uh, Yashi's not allowed to die. That's that's, that's totally fair. <laughs> that's totally fair. I'm I'm excited for what I had planned for all my characters, but uh, you know, since since Yashi, you know, played by my wife Allie, like we we get to talk about her character. You guys were married. Yeah. Yeah, we actually, that's how I met Lindby is because she was going to, she was going to school at UTA. She met the Knicks in choir. I decided to go up there because that's when I, I was going to a community college and I took music theory and I was like, wow, this is awesome. I want to do this. And I got to meet their, the theory teacher, the head of the theory department at UTA. And it was just like a fanboy kind of love where it's like, oh my <laughs> gosh, you're so awesome at music theory. And so, you know, we were dating and then I met the Knicks. Their bass player had just dropped out of Lindy and I was like, I, I, I can play the bass. And I jammed with them a couple times and ready. That's awesome. All right. So last question and then I'll let you go. I promise. <laughs> no, sounds good, Gage. I'm having a good time, man. I'm glad. Um, so a lot of people love what you're doing, obviously. So with the people who are listening and they, whether it's, whether it's music, whether it's podcasting specifically or stuff like that, if you can only give them one piece of advice, what would that be? Mm. I always end with this question because it always gives people the most pause. Yeah, uh, I, I'd say one thing that I've learned and that it's, it's taken me, it, it has taken, you know, some conversation and working things out. Don't take yourself too seriously. I mean, of course you want to, you want to have some seriousness in what you do, but don't ever let it confine you. Um, you are limited by yourself. And if you are going to let an idea that you have limit what something could be, then, you know, you might be shooting shooting your, uh, sorry, I don't know (laughs) if you should say that word. Uh, You might be shooting yourself in the foot a little bit and which, you know, you might need to do that once or twice before you learn not to aim down. Um, And, you know, it's one of those things of working with people that you know and care about so much. I mean, the fact that, I get to do this with my band has made this, I don't imagine, I can't imagine what it would be like doing this with anyone else or trying to do this with anyone else. I mean, you know, bard stuff aside, just doing a D and D podcast. Um, I, I think that I'm very fortunate that I get to work with the people that I get to work with because I love them and care for them in such a way. And they, they reciprocate that. And so, yeah, don't, don't take yourself too seriously. Hear out what other people have to say with an open mind and an open heart. And you'll, you'll be surprised how much you will succeed in doing that alone. I think that that is fantastic advice. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So this brings us to the end of our show. Thank you so much. This was a pleasure. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Gage, this was a good time, man. I really appreciate you asking me on. It's a lot of fun to get to talk to people, especially, you know, if you're listening to the podcast, it's, I, I enjoy engaging with the listeners and doing that as much as possible just because, you know, it's, it's cool to see what people think. I mean, that's, that's why we put the stuff out there, you know, for people to use like the hashtag Bardcast and everything, a little self-promotion there, but, uh, (laughs) But yeah, you know, it, it's cool to get to see it. And like I said, I've gotten to talk to a couple people, you know, I have some private conversations with people about like how to approach like representation. And it really helps me, you know, keep an eye on the ball. So yeah, this is, this is a blast. And I, I appreciate you asking me on and man, it's just, yeah, any, anytime, anytime.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Gaming with Gage and joining us for the start of season two. We are so excited for all of the things coming next week. We'll be talking with Mike Bridges of the Gamer Stable podcast and the Big 20 Twitch stream. You may also know him as Greyhawk Mike. Very excited. And we have a lot of other stuff coming. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, all the links, as always, are in the show notes. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you next week.